With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Secret Golf Tour Report on, well, our favourite week of the year. It's the Players' Championship at TBC Sawgrass. It's our favourite week for a number of reasons. I mean, personally for me, it's uh, my favourite because I live 10 minutes from the course. So it's our hometown event and everyone's always excited about coming to Ponte Vedra for TBC Sawgrass. We're going to have some fans back this week. So people that don't even really know that much about golf, they're all fired up because they get to go have a fun few days. But the main reason that we love it so much is that our very own Elk is a two-time players champion. (laughs) Well, Diane, this course has been a part of my life, obviously, on the tour, winning twice, been lucky enough in 91 when I was very young and and it was a great win for me because it gave me a 10-year exemption. I was able to come back in 1997 uh, and do it again. But this course, Diane, is built by Pete Dye, who I got, was lucky enough to know pretty well. I designed a golf course in New Orleans with Pete, and I know a little bit. I learned a lot from him about what he tries to do. And now he tries to intimidate you on the tee almost on every hole. He tries to get you to look exactly away from, for example, on 18, everybody knows the 18th hole at at TPC water all the way down the left. He told me, he said, I want the water slapping on your heels when you're standing there, if you're a right-hander. And what it does, Diane, you look down the fairway and you see the water left and it makes you want to go to the right. And the more you go to the right on a Pete Dye course on that hole, the worse the, the angle you have. So you, if you're going to play well on Pete Dye golf courses, particularly the Players Club, you have got to challenge the trouble. You've got to play almost right down the alleyway if you're going to do any good. It's the thing I always remember because you that's one of the very first things you told me about TBC Sawgrass years ago is this visual intimidation. And I notice it now whenever I'm at the tournament and I've been lucky enough to be with you the past couple of years walking around. But there's water, there's bunkers. The greens look tiny when you're standing on those tee boxes. 
Yeah, when I played this tournament, Diane, the first time I walked on to this course, I played, I think I played nine holes on the back nine. I came in and I was pretty, pretty uh, sort of dejected. I, I sat down and said, I don't think I can do any good on this course. It's too intimidating. It's too uh, narrow looking. It's too everything. Um, and as it, as I got to play the course and understand it more, I was able to unlock that course a little bit and know a way to play it. And this week, Diane, is a very interesting way to handicap because to me, all the big players, all the long hitters have to throttle back. This is, there's nowhere to hit it. This is the typical bottleneck course where long hitters, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, who's already withdrawn, Rory McIlroy, they cannot hit the whole weaponry off the tee, so they have to play back. So it certainly suits a certain style of player. Okay. And last year, we actually walked with Jason Kokrak, who's one of the longest hitters on tour. And I mean, he didn't pull his driver. That's his arsenal. That's his weapon. And he just couldn't use it. He couldn't pull driver on the amount of holes that he normally would on, a, on any other course where distance really is an advantage. Well, that's right. And, you know, Diane, the, the, the really cool thing about the PGA Tour is we play a different style of golf course each week. And this one, as I just said, is very strategic, very intimidating off the tee, very strategic lines that have to be hit off the tee, bottleneck. So you can't, as you said, Kokrak can't use his weapon, but so, so can't a lot of guys. Yeah. So what is the secret? What is the way to unlock this course? You'll see our list. We'll start at the very top, and I'm going to give you the guy who is the most prepared. The, when I think of the model, the guys who have won here, Calvin Pete, the straightest hitter, Mark McCumber, Freddie Couples, Tom Kite, Greg Norman, Jack Nicholas, uh, Lee Trevino, all these guys, Davis Love, Freddie Couples. You. They, <laughs> well, yeah, they all have to do it the same way. Mm -hmm. You do have your two trophies nearby. They've changed the trophy now and it's like a, a gold statue, a golfer. But let me see, because you still have the, uh, the beautiful crystal statue that we were used to seeing for so many years. It must be noted that I asked you if this was too obnoxious to show these today and you said definitely not. We so were like, was, no, you have to. It wasn't quite my idea, but the, <laughs> this was a trophy, uh, Waterford Crystal. I think it takes about... Eight beers or nine beers fills it up, Diane, and that's happened to both of these over the years. So these are great mementos for me. But, you know, what everybody is trying to do this week, Diane, there's a lot at stake. Most money they'll play for all year. But yeah. what the players are eyeing and what we were eyeing back then was a 10-year exemption onto the PGA Tour. Now it's only five. Mm -hmm. What an opportunity to win this tournament and get a five-year free pass to the Tour. And Rory McIlroy's defending champion. We have to remember as well that last year we only had one round of the players before COVID happened and, and shut everything down. It feels strange. I can't decide if it feels like an eternity ago or just yesterday when it all happened. So Rory won in 2019 and uh, well, we will be talking about him a little bit later on. But he did say that... Um, you know, he can win whatever, but if he didn't ever win the players, it would be something that really niggled at him because a lot of people refer to it as the fifth major in golf. You know, we're not massive fans of calling it that, but it, it is what it does, what it says on the tin. It's the players' championship. Yeah, I mean, they can call it whatever they want, but this one here has the best field. 
mm-hmm. and it's absolutely the best tournament outside of the of the four majors. There's yeah. not even any question. It's the most money, big exempt status, and it's a very hard course, very hard tournament to win because it takes so much precision. Okay, well, we have got so much to talk about today for obvious reasons, but we are going to be going through this jam-packed, stacked field and giving you our top picks. We'll re-rank the field, give you our top 10. We have sizzlers, the guys that really move up, that are slightly higher odds. Fizzlers, some big names, um, or a couple of big names we're really going to talk about that we're not ranking highly this week. And then those dark horse picks for the Players' Championship this week. Compete against your friends on PGA Tour events. Win cash and bragging rights. Test your golf knowledge. Experience the success and failure of PGA Tour players. SG Tour App is an engaging golf experience designed by professional golfers that created a variety of games, including single and multi-day games, as well as tournament-long contests. It's really simple. Join or create a game. Pick four players and win cash. You can even immerse yourself in interactive features, including course strategy, Hut Predictor and daily content exclusively from PGA Tour players. The word is out and golf fans are catching on. So don't miss out. Download the SG Tour app now. It's our tour report for the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. And well, how lucky are we? that we're joined by two-time players champion 91 and 97 Steve Elkington. We're normally, you normally come to town to Jacksonville for this week and we get to go to the course. There's a Steve Elkington gate that my dad has been sending me pictures of for weeks now. (laughs) There's artwork up in the clubhouse. I mean, we get to catch up with all of our secret golf contributors as well so it's kind of a little bit different this year but we are going to see 20% capacity for fans out there Uh, it's going to be great to see everybody back down there of course this is the home of the island hole we're now the tournament has moved back to March last year there was so much talk about this event being moved to March and why was that important because it's going to be windy and it's going to be dry and it's there's some rough this week and what does that mean for everything well This course, Diane, suits a certain style of player. It's a very controlled course. It's a guy that can really control his iron shots. And, you know, there's two two shots on this golf course that you actually have to move the ball from right to left. Number two is a par five and number 16 is a par five. Me, when I played here, I was able to move that ball left to right. I'm I'm a medium height hitter because the wind doesn't affect my ball as much and we've we put all that into our considerations this week. But, you know, when I think of Colin Morikawa, I'm just telling you at the top of the board, that's where he sits. When I think about what style of player should win on the players' championship and everyone else on our list falls in behind Morikawa, I'm saying to you that the best iron players with a slightly left to right biased medium trajectory guy that doesn't have to be too long it's only 7100 yards doesn't have to throttle back it's Colin Morikawa sits on top of the list this week 
Okay. Right. Let's quickly just go through the stats that we're really looking at. And as we've said a few times now, you know, 48 of the top 50 playing in the world, it's the best field. So you have all the big names playing. Hopefully we're going to add a little bit of flavor in there and give you some some other picks and we'll do that, especially with our sizzlers. But I mean, the, our top 10 is absolutely stacked this week. As you've said, Iron play is going to be key. So that's a big stat we're looking at. Also, ball striking, um, which is a combination stat, total driving and greens in regulation, scrambling, putting average, birdie average, and par five performance as well, because you just noted there 16. Um, I'm actually, I've got my favorite hole behind me, the 11th. I just love the 11th. I always look forward to it because you've got that water um, right before the green. And then you have that kind of like big runoff area as well around the green with, of course, that wraparound bunker. But um, yeah, par five performance, we're going to be ranking highly this week too. As you said as well, March, when you won the tournament, it was March, it moved to May for ages. It was just like scorching hot in May. Back to March, the weather is going to be perfect this week. We're going to have high 70s up to low 80s. There's no rain in the forecast. And I mean, that, that wind is always a little bit different in March and there's always the chance of that swirling a bit. Well, they're going to get some wind this week. We've already talked to some of our players. There is some rough. We'll be looking at that. Uh, but it's manageable right now, but it will grow probably an inch before the end of the week. That'll be a place they want to avoid. Um, Diane, this course is a, like playing chess. You have to know where you have to go on these holes. And are you able to do it? Yes. Some of the big players will not be seen in our top 10 this week. And why is that? They've, we've taken away their length off the tee, so their advantage is not as great. We might not see a couple of your favourite players in the top ten because of that. They may not be able – if I put a certain player at the in the fairway with a Colin Morikawa, who wins over the course of 72 holes if there's no advantageous of the length? So I can almost throw this piece of paper out. I've got to take guys that – because when I look at some of these stats – I've got a minus 40 yards off some of the tee shots on yeah. some of these guys. Yeah. So uh, it's all very difficult this week, but I know this because I've done it. You have to hit your irons almost perfection for the whole week. Okay. Right. Let's get into this re-ranked top 10. And as you say, we have Colin Morikawa at number one. He just won the WGC at concession. So on those Bermuda greens being in Florida, this is the third event that we're having in this uh, Florida swing. And when Morikawa won the WGC, you had said that he was maybe starting to bend the bar. He was the one bending the bar on the whole distance thing. Um, and it's interesting that Bryson just won last week, but it, we had that smart, controlled play from Morikawa and an incredible iron game. Yeah, I, you know, I don't want to compare myself to Morikawa, but I have a I had a very similar iron game to Morikawa, slight fade bias, medium height trajectory, I mean, he's known already. I saw a special on him last week about where he can hit his six iron inside the average length of a tour's wedge play. So that suits very well. Bryson DeJambeau, obviously a long hitter. Those two, uh, you know, squished together on this course. What's going to happen? But 
The other thing I like about uh, Morikawa's style of play, Diane, is the tempo and the length of his swing. Mm-hmm. There is some very, very big pressure shots on this course. And I don't like swings with both feet off the ground. I don't like full smash swings. We'll, there'll be some notables that aren't in this top 10. I'm looking for rhythmical swings. Even uh, Nick Price, you know, Calvin Pete, I've named some of these guys, Freddie Couples, Elkington, some of these guys that have got this rhythmical swing that the pre- when the pressure gets up and you've got to hit these shots, I've got to go with guys that hit the irons medium height. And we saw pressure for Morikawa. didn't phase him at the PGA Championship where he had that uh, drivable par four whipped out driver and it was perfect. So that the precision is a big thing for him. It's key this week. Also for Morikawa, 29, well, 2019, he didn't play. 2020, when we only had one round, that was his first appearance at the Players' Championship. It's, it's so weird to think about, but... He's, uh, that's not going to put him at a disadvantage this week, is it? No, I think, you know, he was a big question mark on our board before he played the workday because he changed his putting grip and he was 180th or something in putting, but he's changed his grip. He's made some adjustments and he proved it to himself and everyone else last week that the grip's in there now and he's, he's got that under control. So he's just jumped all the way up from, I think, 40th to on top of the board this week, Morikawa. And, you know, I don't care what anyone says. To me, with my picks this week, I've got, I'm stacked with all the medium trajectory iron players, the guys that can actually hit the green. I mean, we've got past champions in this field. There's a reason they're past champions. Okay. Right. Coming in at number two is the <laughs> the opposite of what we just talked about. Bryson DeChambeau. Coming off that win at Bay Hill, Bryson has to be up there. And uh, we've got him ranked as the second favorite on our tour report this week. Well, he's a good putter. He's got confidence now, of course. And he's well into this four-week stretch about getting out of the garage. We kept telling everybody on our show, never bet on Bryce until it's about three weeks after he's coming out of uh, hibernation from lifting weights and doing all of his speed training because he never quite connects with the golf course. But he did it last week. He connected with the golf course at Bay Hill. We saw him do some silly things at L.A. where he missed a cut by a mile. And then we saw him at... uh, you know, at the uh, workday where he's on the green in one and then he netting you back on the green till he, he's fifth shot. But the reason that we've got Bryson at two this week, Diane, is not because uh, of the model it is. He can't go anywhere. It's all bottlenecked. So he will be forced to play back. And is he playing good enough to play head-to-head with the best guys without his advantage? And I say, yes, he is. Okay. We have Jordan Spieth ranked at number three. It's safe to say officially that Spieth is back. He was in contention again, ended up finishing fourth at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So Spieth being at number three, we love to see him up there. But what could possibly be the one thing that holds him back at TBC Sawgrass? Nothing's holding Spieth back. He's not a long hitter. I was interested to hear from the commentators last week that he's developed a low cut shot off the tee to get it in play. That's all I needed to hear. Okay. 
because he was working with a big hook swing out on the West Coast. We talked about missing left in Phoenix and lost the tournament there. He was hooking the ball again at Pebble Beach, but he was still right there in the top five. Now he's developed a little cut shot. I think he'll be pretty ready to do something. And this is just the kind of fight that Jordan Spieth digs. He's a good enough iron player. He's a good enough thinker. He knows how to play. And with a little cut shot, if he can keep that his mindset, then I'm liking him where he is right now. His last win was 2017 at the Open Championship. How nice would it be for him to follow up that major victory with the Players' Championship? I, I know he's going to do it again. Yeah. Uh, it's going to happen. He's he's had his feet burnt enough in the last month to be pretty well organised when it when it comes to playing in the pressure. Yeah, that form is awesome. We have Dustin Johnson coming in at number four, another big hitter. Now, what's funny to me about DJ is he's never really dominated this tournament. He's uh, his finishes. The 2019, he finished fifth. That's his best finish he's had here. He said a 17th, a 12th um, in 2017. But when we saw him playing the Workday Championship at Concession a few weeks ago, very small field, he finished T54. It was not the Dustin Johnson play that we'd seen over the past six months or whatever. So is there a little question mark over him this week? If I played the tournament this week, Diane, Dustin Johnson would have to play his second shot from where I play it from because there's no room ahead of that. So we've taken, we've given him a haircut of about 20% of his game. Could he beat me from the same spot in my prime uh, with the iron game? Maybe, maybe not. So that's why he's had a haircut. He's down to number four, even though he's the number one player in the world. Yeah. DJ has become a very disciplined player. He, he knows how to win tournaments. He knows how to close them out. But he does take a haircut off the tee, and that's why our top 10 is a little, a little different than maybe some of the people are predicting this week. Yeah. It was his putting that was, uh, was the issue at concession, or one of the issues anyway. But his ball striking, we know that there's no issue when it comes to his ball striking. He's ranked ninth on the PGA Tour. And his putting is something that he has been working at. And by working at that, we then saw the results of him winning the Masters, uh, winning FedEx Cup. I mean, there's nothing, nothing denying the fact that when he's on, he's better than anyone. Yeah, and he has a super strong grip, and that doesn't work for him well at concessions when you've got these chipping that's way up above him because with the strong grip, it's not suited to hit these high pitch shots, and he got in some trouble, had a high score the first day. Honestly, this is a different set of greens. It's a flat set of greens. It's not a very hard set of greens to putt. Good setup for DJ, but I've still comes in at number four because he's not going to beat Morikawa head-to-head. If that's a matchup, I'm taking Morikawa all day long. Okay. Right, so our first four on our re-ranking this week, Colin Morikawa, Bryson DeChambeau, Jordan Spieth, and Dustin Johnson. We will be back with the rest of our top 10 sizzlers, fizzlers, dark horse picks, and our celeb showdown for the players. Play Money Grabber on the SG Tour. Instead of strokes, it's all about the cash. You pick a team of four players, one from each tier, and scoring is based on the money that your team wins. Your guys missed the cut? No problem, you're still in the game. The SG Tour Golf Gaming App, available on iOS in the App Store.
It's the week of the Players' Championship at TBC Sawgrass and this is our tour report. I'm Diane Knox, joined by two-time Players' Champion Steve Elkington. You're very modest and uh, I hope people really do see that this week in the show. You're so modest when talking about this, but I mean, I'm just bigging you up. <laughs> well, that was my, my time. It's these guys' time now. It <laughs> is the same golf course, so I know what these players are up against this week, Diane, and it's honestly... It is a big, it's not a very long course, but it's a, lots of problems out there. Yeah, for sure. So number, well, we've done our top four. We have Colin Morikawa at one, Bryson at two, Jordan at three, and DJ coming in at number four. And at number five is the 2018 champion of the players who stormed it. I mean, he won by four shots, even after he shot one over on the final round. Remember, Brooks Kepka was like nine under in that final round. And uh, Webb Simpson still got the job done, um, winning by four. Xander Shoffley, runner-up that year actually who was five under on his final day but anyway we have to put him in at number five Webb Simpson you know plays really hard golf course as well he won at the Olympic Club the US Open he won here he had everything go right for him the year that he won here it was windy I saw him hold an impossible eagle shot on the six, on the 11th hole right behind your right behind your head there um, you know he's a local kid uh, he putts good. He's been showing up on our stats die, and he's almost number one. This is sort of the start of the remaking of Webb Simpson. Yeah. He's a very consistent player. He plays the par fives good. He's got a nice right-to-left ball flight. He handles number two, number 16. He just is very familiar with this place. It's a great course for Webb. There's no power needed off the tee. He knows how to play it. I tell, I tell these guys all the time when I talk to them, they talk to me about this course. They know how to play it. Go find a swing that you can do it to, to hit it in that position. Right. So someone with the uh, the winning experience of Webb, of course, he's got to be in that top 10. Um, in at number six is someone else who's coming off a very recent win at Pebble Beach. Daniel Berger falls at six this week. Yeah, I've got Berger in there for one reason. He's a Florida guy, but I've got him because of the way he hits his irons. My field is stacked this week of the best iron players on the tour. Yeah. He, This guy has a real distinct swing action that really puts a lot of smash on the ball. He's not a high hitter. Drives the ball in when it gets windy. You've got to be able to hit these small perched up greens, Diane. Otherwise, you're just going to be all over the place and you're going to make bogeys. The reason the pressure, the first two days on this tournament, basically there's runaway guys all over the place. Nothing really happens until it's like the Masters where everything happens on the weekend. The pressure becomes very intense on this course, Diane, not because they all know what they're, what they're playing for, but there's just traps all over this course where there's you've got to hit about – sometimes there's courses like Bay Hill last week, there might be four or five key shots that you have to handle for the for the to play the course decently. This one is about fifteen, <laughs> and the, and the hardest ones are at the end. The seventeenth hole, we'll talk to about that soon enough. But then you got to play the eighteenth; it's just as hard. So, the end of the round gives you a lot of stress. 
Mm-hmm. And the weather on Sunday, I said that it's going to be perfect. Sunday is going to be the worst day of the four, where it's going to be a little bit cloudier. The wind's going to get up a little bit. We even saw a couple of years ago, I mentioned when Webb won, that Kepka went nine under on the Sunday. But guys just seem to come out of nowhere. Two years ago, I remember Eddie Pepperell, Johnny Vegas going low on Sunday, and it jolted them all the way up into the top five. So it's exciting that you know that you're going to have that final round drama. Now, you talk about excellent precision and iron play. So the guy at number seven, to me, the, the epitome of his game, we've got Sung J.M. I love guys that hit it solid. And Sung J.M. has touted by the other tour players. They go over and watch him hit iron shots mm-hmm. sometimes. So, uh, again, there's no surprise if someone says, who's Elk Picken? His team is stacked with the best iron players that the tour has to offer. Yeah. Some JM has that technique. He has the idea. He knows what to do on this golf course. And, you know, it's all up to him. But he is in this position in the top 10 because of his superiority with his iron play. And I haven't really mentioned odds for any of them because we've had a lot of the big guys, so you can kind of guess that their odds are pretty low. But um, Sun GM is the highest in our top 10 at 55 to 1. Actually, there's someone else tied with that. But 55 to 1 for Sun GM, that's great. Nobody be looking at the stats quite the way we do this week, Diane, because it's impossible to um, take the stats of the year or even currently and give a lot of these guys a haircut because of their distance. They don't know how to handicap this field. I know how to handicap it from a physicality standpoint of what's required. Then we've got to dig in and try to find the guys that are actually hitting the irons well and who's in form. And that's not easy. Yeah. The guy that comes in at number eight is always in form. It's very rare he has any sort of an off week. We didn't actually um, rank him that highly for the WGC at concession, and we were right because he finished 39th in the end. But he's so consistent, and it's almost like if anyone can do it, Xander Shoffley can. Finished runner-up in 2018, so shows that he knows how to play this course. Big Likes big pressure. Mm-hmm. Um the player that wins this tournament has to deal with a lot of pressure late in the tournament. Shoffley has the length of swing that I like. He likes, he has the balance in his swing that I like. He, he under pressure at Phoenix, he started to hit the ball right to left. I hope he's fixed that, but the swing itself this week, Diane is very important to me and the length of it and the timing of it, because I know what it takes. I know how much stress there is. And I know what it takes rhythm-wise to play this course. I like Shoffley a lot. He's that kind of player. He's a big-time player. Yeah, and he's got to be one of the favourites this week. I mean, he is 20-1 to one for the Players' Championship. At nine, it was, well, the defending champion for the Arnold Palmer Invitational, who got off to a terrible, terrible start last Thursday. But, man, he pulled it back, and he had himself really in the mix at the weekend. Terrell Hatton. I think I had Terrell in my celebrity golf match. And I was so upset with him after the first round of 76 or so. Made the cut, turned it into a reasonable sort of a week. He's, he's been fighting down there at Bay Hill for 54 holes. That will have suited him well for attitude-wise because he fought back very well. His attitude now going into this tournament should be, okay, let's get off to a better start. He's the best player coming out of Europe. He's a great iron player. 
the course suits him, no doubt, just from his iron play. So that's why Hatton sits where he does. Okay. And then at number 10, this guy's stats are unbelievable right now. He started the year two weeks in Hawaii with Century Tournament of Champions, then the Sony Open with back-to-back second place finishes. And his iron game, his greens and regulation, his precision, that's why he is in this top 10 at 55-1, to Joaquin Neiman. I love Neiman. This course is going to get windy and firm. He's from Chile. Not that that matters, but it's windy. He knows how to play the wind. He's a medium trajectory, takes a lot of divot on his ball. He'll probably play practice rounds with his mate, Sergio Garcia, who's a past champion here, another expert when it comes to hitting iron shots. I love Neiman this week. And looking at his numbers, they're incredible. Um, In that ball striking, so total driving and greens and reg, he's first on the PGA Tour. He's third in birdie average, 16th in putting average. The, The only stat, well, for him, the higher one is scrambling. But I feel like he's one of these guys that when we saw him at Hawaii, if he was, if he missed the green or just short of the green, he... It's, he was so good at getting it close. His his precision, that's what we keep talking about. It was so dialed in that I think this could be a brilliant week for him. Yeah, the only thing he's short on is experience on this golf course, but I, I'm counting on him playing with Sergio and filling the gap, so to speak, very quickly because this is the perfect golf course for Neiman. Right, well, I'm going to roll right into Sergio because we do three sizzlers and these are guys that made really big jumps up in our re-ranking and he moved up 27 places. He's 90 to 1. As you said, he's a former champion and we have Sergio Garcia as our first sizzler, a guy with a great track record around TBC Sogras. Yeah, this is one of these courses, Diane, where if you're a superior striker like Sergio, you can out hit your putting average. So he can play so good, he can still be in it on the green. Sergio is always inconsistent or has in the later part of his career, but he is probably over the last 20 years, Tiger included, probably hits the ball the best as far as from tee to green consistently, particularly with the iron play. And look, when you get on holes like 17 and it's a crosswind, if you can't hit that ball medium trajectory with some spin on it to make it do what you want, make it stop on the green you got no chance. Sergio is a master at that shot. Yeah. So, you know, that's why he's there. As we said, he won in 2008, finished second in 2007. He lost in a playoff in 2015. But when you look at his track record around TBC Sawgrass, that approach shot to the green, he actually comes in first. As we said, you know, it's a no-brainer to pick Sergio this week, and especially at that price. Yeah, and when he gets on these greens, Diane, they're very small and they have a lot of slope in them. There's a lot of little drop-offs. And he knows. He knows if it comes down on the fourth hole to 10 feet at the bottom of the hole, left of the hole, he knows that that putt is inside left edge. Everyone else may read more. He has experience. So the worry about his putting goes away a little bit here because he has so much knowledge of the greens. He knows what's it's like Augusta. He knows what's going to happen on the greens. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to our second sizzler and you mentioned Augusta national at the masters November of last year, this guy had a great run. Abraham answer is our second sizzler. He finished 
tied for 12th in 2019 and in round two shot a 66 around TBC Sawgrass. So he just needs to remember all that and channel it and uh, he could really go low this year. Well, I like answer because of everything I've already said in the show, Diane, about superior iron player, which, which he has. But I like answer because he doesn't have to think about hitting it 50 yards behind the long hitters or 40 yards. or He doesn't have to stretch at all. Everybody's got to hit it into the same spot at one, at two, at four, at five, at six, at eight, at nine. It's all in the same spot. So what can he do? He can relax. Yeah. He's better than them from being in the fairway. So I love answer this week, uh, Diane. Abraham answer is 80 to one to win the Players' Championship. One of the best ball strikers on the PGA Tour right now has to be the next guy, only because we saw it in full effect around Bay Hill at the weekend. But our third sizzler with great form right now is Corey Connors at 80 to one. I watched very closely last week, Diane. He's not a long hitter, is correct. We talked about on our show last week that it was possible for someone like a Corey Connors to play well at Bay Hill, and he did. He didn't have to cut corners. He was just good at iron play, and he could play the course the way he wanted to. The stats don't mean that much to me this week, but form does. And he's been through the ringer last week. He was leading the tournament most of the week. He had to sleep on the lead a couple of nights. He didn't get exactly out of it what he was looking for, yeah. but that, that compression, that ball striking is still right there. Perfect pick right here for him for a, for a sizzler. Uh, I like Connors a lot. This course even suits him more than Bay Hill. Mm -hmm. I love the fact he didn't fall away. Um, and even on Sunday with those tough conditions, and it started to slump slightly. Eagle on 16 turned it right back around and got him fully in the mix. He ended up finishing solo third. So it was great to see that from Connors, who already has one win under his belt at the Valero Texas Open. Right, so I'm just recapping our picks here. Our full top 10, Colin Morikawa, Bryson DeChambeau, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Webb Simpson, Daniel Berger, Sungjae M, Xander Shoffley, Terrell Hatton, and Joaquin Neiman. And then our three sizzlers, Sergio Garcia, Abraham answer and Corey Connors still to come on the show there's a couple of big names two in particular that we haven't mentioned so far we're going to talk to you about them and tell you why they're not high up on our picks and we also have the secret golf celebrity showdown we will go through what that's all about and we'll recap our scores from last week Saturday is considered moving day and you can play along on the SG Tour. It's a one-day stroke play competition where you select a team of four players to shoot the lowest scores of the day. Will you make big moves? Download the SG Tour golf gaming app on iOS now. It's our tour report from Secret Golf for the Players' Championship at TBC Sawgrass, one of the greatest weeks of the year. It looks a little bit different this year. Normally we are at the course and we have media credentials and we're spending time with all of our guys, um, but we'll, we will catch up with a lot of them. Um, and normally you're here with me, Alex, so it's kind of strange that we're not walking that course this morning. <laughs> I hear the golf course is in pristine condition uh, we've seen the rough is manageable right now, Diane. We expected a dry week of weather, which is going to dry this golf course out. 
get some wind going, and it's going to become very unpredictable what's going to happen with the ball. Yeah. It, the, the guys that are hitting the ball the best, superior strikers are going to just mow down this event this week. There is no such thing, Diane, as hitting three fairways and five greens and shooting a good score at this course. Okay. So going to talk to you quickly about the SG Tour, our golf gaming app. Now, we um, we have a game that runs every week. It's called the Secret Golf Celebrity Showdown. We're going to be doing that shortly, and I'll be unveiling our celeb guest for this week. But basically, we pick a four-ball team for the tournament each week. Now, you have to get your picks in before play begins on Thursday, obviously. And we just add up the score, lowest aggregate score wins. Actually, we have top three that pays out in the game come Sunday evening. We are keeping a running leaderboard total. <laughs> you and me and Jay Kaplan, who's going to be here in a few minutes, and our celeb guest, it, I mean, it's depressing. It's becoming a joke now. You finished third for the API, and well, Jay finished fifth. I'm keep scoring. I won money. I yeah, won money, Diane. I won did. twenty bucks. Didn't I? You, you actually won more than that. You won thirty six dollars ten cents. I oh, finished fifteenth. Travis Fulton was our celeb guest. He finished above me, which. But is baffling because he got off to such a terrible start. The thing that hurts me the most about this week, and I'm almost over the fact that I'm doing so badly, but my boyfriend plays every week and he finished second. He won $54. Like <laughs> Great stuff, Garrett. Yeah, yeah. Well done to Garrett. So we'll be talking about that shortly and uh, we will get into it with our guest for this week. Now, we have a few names that have been missing from our list, you may think, when it comes to our top 10 and our sizzlers. Two big names in the field this week that we're just not picking. The one I'm going to start with is defending champion. He won in 2019. He was in the mix heading into Sunday last weekend at the Arnold Palmer Invitational Tournament that he's won before as well. But we are not picking Rory McIlroy this week. And the reason we're not picking Rory this week, Diane, is not because of what we're saying, it's what he's saying. Yeah. He walked off the course yesterday and said that he was not happy with things and he He's thinking about a change. We don't know what that is. Was he insinuating a new caddy? Was he thinking about a new putter? He changed his putter last week. But my question, Diane, is why did Rory go in the water twice on number six on Sunday? Was he trying to hit a cross like Bryson does? And is that's not really what I think of when I think of Rory McIlroy. I think of him almost like I do Tiger Woods. Rory should have put it over there with a three wood and, and played the whole more typically, and and it cost him the week. And I don't know what he's doing, but I just don't feel like he's connected, Diane, with anything right now. And, yes, he's a defending champ. He's going to a golf course that takes the most precision. He has – the brain is not connected with the game right now, and the game's not connected to the brain. So – Yeah. The thing that's a little bit weird for me is he said that he is looking for a spark. And – he said he don't he doesn't know what it is, but he needs a spark. We've heard this from him before. And we heard it when the 
when there was a return of golf after the COVID break. So there was no fans on the course. And he said that it really affected him. He gets so much energy off the fans and the noise and everything on the course. There were more fans at Bay Hill than there had been at any tournament recently. We're going to have fans back at the Players' Championship this week. And he's defending champion. How much more of a spark could he need? He's running out of places to find sparks, I think, Diane. Um, no, I think Rory... Um, I don't want to say he's his own worst enemy because he he's always very um, truthful and sort of saying things about his worries. But, um, you know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I always think, OK, what would Jack Nicholas do? That's why I, I use that mantra in my whole career. What would Jack do? Jack would make it simple. You know, do this, this, this and this. And maybe he's making it too complicated. I don't know. But I always think, what would Jackie Burke do? What would Jack Nicholas do when I'm tied up in knots like this? Okay. Okay. So uh, there's our story behind not picking Rory this week. The other guy that we're not picking is, uh, well, uh, Rory's 14 to 1, so strong favourite. This guy's 16 to 1, so again, favourite. And you can, I mean, you know why, as soon as I say the name, John Ram, he's going to be one of the favourites any tournament that he's playing. Why do we not have John Ram on our list this week? Well, I'm a big John Rahm uh, guy, Diane, but I'm just not one this week. He's going to have to take a good 20 to 30% haircut off the tee. He's going to have to play the golf course a slightly different way for him. But the thing I don't like for Rahm this week on this course is his rhythm. He's a, he's a very aggressive player, yeah. and he goes after wedge shots from 150 yards does he have the in-between swing where it just softens one that won't bounce over and all these different little shots? His game works good almost everywhere, but I have to look at Ram and say, okay, if I put Ram in the same spot with uh, Morikawa, who wins the tournament if they're going to play 72 holes together? And I think Morikawa beats him two aside. So, yeah, Ram fell out of my thinking this week, Diane, because of his swing tempo, very fast, plays almost all full shots. Maybe maybe he doesn't. If he was on the show, maybe he said, no, 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 I play a lot of little shots, but I just don't like that much firmness on this course. And as we've said throughout the whole show, the, it's the greatest field in golf. So it's, it's hard. There's only 10 places in the top 10, so we can't pick everyone. So the, the line is fine. And uh, we were saying that Ram might go out and prove us completely wrong. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, Diane, for me, you know, there's other guys that are not in there. Justin Thomas is not in there. Very fast swing tempo. Very up off the ground at impact with his driver. Can he hit it into these little bottlenecks? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, no one likes Justin Thomas more than me. I'm looking at the medium range swingers, Diane, with good tempo, but more importantly, ones that are strategy orientated, good iron players, medium trajectory. Okay. When we get around to 17, we're going to talk about it in a minute, 18, 16. How do they handle these holes in the big wind? And the field is actually bigger than ever this year because due to the whole COVID crisis, the guys that finished in the top 125 in the FedEx Cup standings, if they weren't in the field for the players, then they got in. So it's a huge field. They're going to be chasing daylight this year, especially on Thursday and Friday. 
Yep, but those every one of those guys will be happy to be in there, Diane. I think they're playing for about fifteen million this week. I think what is that? Two million first. So That's this nice. is a game changer. Five year exemptions at stake. A lot of points. All that, but. You know, the course is a real superstar, Diane. Pete Dye has made a chess match on grass this week, and it's going to be very interesting to watch. Yeah. So big stacked field. That means lots of picks for the Secret Golf Celebrity Showdown this week. And, uh, well, let's get right into it. The Celebrity Showdown. So we're on to the Secret Golf Celebrity Showdown. Um, I don't really need to go into too much detail when it comes to how the leaderboard is standing. All I will say is our two-time players champion is top of the leaderboard still. But as we say, it could all change every single week. Now this week, while well, we're very happy, we are joined by someone who's actually finished third at the Players' Championship before, tying the course record. He played on the PGA Tour for years. Now he is an amazing podcast host and he is killing the game when it comes to the TV coverage for CBS, Colt Nost. Well, hello everyone. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. It's great to hear you talk about a course that has many fond memories for you. Yes. Uh, I mean, as I've talked with Elk many a times, it's my favorite tournament on the PGA Tour. Um, one of the most unique golf courses. And I, I hate to do this, but I actually have to give Elk a lot of credit. Um, the year I did finish third, I actually called him and said, can you teach me some of your secrets around this place? Because you have an incredible record. I would love to know. And we went through hole by hole one day. And I took that game plan into TPC Sawgrass in 2016 and, and played great. Um, it was really cool. So I got to give him a lot of the credit. Well, you get all the credit. You hold the course record. Of course, you know better than anyone that it's it's uh, when it comes to this course, you have to be able to hit the shots. And that's what this, this week is all going to be about, how hit the shots. It's a little bit of rough. It's going to dry out. Uh, there is going to be some wind. We're back in March. Were you in March? You weren't in March. No, I never played in March. I've only done May. So um, definitely going to play a little different, obviously a little longer. And then obviously the rough's up a little bit. But um, either way, I just I just love this golf course. I get so excited for Players Week. Colt, when it comes to a week like this, and as you say, your favorite tournament, do you miss being out there playing on tour? A little bit, but uh, it's, uh, it's. I'm also way less stressed in life now without having to go out there and play against these guys that hit it 350. But this one was always special. I just, it, you know, it has that the, the really big atmosphere. You know, it's a big event. I mean, the crowds are huge. Obviously, the golf course is special. The purse is rather big. You, you, you definitely that catches your eye. But yeah, you miss it a little bit. But I'm I'm very happy doing what I'm doing right now. It doesn't matter whether it's a major or not, but what it is, is the biggest perks come with it for winning it, five-year exemption, the most money. It's got the great field. It's on a great course. As you said, it's got a great atmosphere. It doesn't matter where it sits. It's just very important to the players because it does take maybe, Colt, maybe the most amount of sort of uh, shot making or making the ball do what you got to do to get it to play the course yeah, you, properly. you can't fake it around this place. Like you, it rewards being aggressive, being bold, as you could say from last week with Mr. Palmer. I mean, you, you've got to suck it up and hit, hit golf shots. And what I think makes the place so special is you look at the list of winners. I mean, you look at yourself, you look at guys like Fred Funk, Justin Leonard, then you go to Adam Scott, Henrik Stinson, Phil Mickelson, Rory McIlroy. I mean, anyone, any type of game can win around here. And that's what I think makes a great golf course. 
Jay and I were just talking about this actually because we were uh, doing our, our going through our dark horse picks, and um, Elk and I have talked about this on the show that you know distance is it does not put you at an advantage here, and you were one of the shortest hitters on the PGA Tour, really. So it's nice that, as you say, you have to kind of map your way around here. Yeah, you definitely do. You have to. I mean, it's you really have to think your way around. You can't let up for one second. What I liked about it is, you know, there's guys hitting two iron. Some of the longer guys might be hitting two iron. And if I hit driver, I, we're playing from the same spot. And if you let me play from the same spot as some of the long guys, I feel like I can compete on any golf course. Yeah. Right. Well, what we do is we go through the four tiers on the SG Tour golf gaming app. So our Secret Golf Celebrity Showdown. It's a public game. Anyone can join. $10 to enter and top three payout. Jay, have you won any money yet? Diane, thanks for asking. <laughs> of course I've won some money. I just haven't won a week yet, but I'm I'm nipping at Elk's heels and I keep waiting for a celebrity to kind of actually get in this thing. I think we have a guy, maybe. I mean, the guy does hold the course record, finished third. I feel honored that I'm sitting here, us three guys with such great experience at TPC Sawgrass. Colt holds the course record, Elk's won twice, and I had the best hot dog of my life on number 11 once. <laughs> This is a phenomenal experience. Did you the go whole, through the Elkington Gate that day? That that would be the topper there, you know. Yeah, well, it was closed that day, Elk. I'm not sure why, but it was. <laughs> I keep laughing because my dad, um, who plays at the the Valley Course, which is right next to TBC Sawgrass, he sends me a photo of that bloody Elkington Gate all the time. Every time he walks by, he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> look where I am." Um, right, Colt. My track record sucks. I mean, there's no getting away from that right now, and uh, they make fun of me every week because I pick my brother, who you know very well, and. Um, even for this week, you know, I haven't finalized my team. Once you give us your picks, your team is locked in. We can change ours back and forth. I'm hovering over him this week, and I just don't know what to do. Well, I'll tell you a great story. So the year I played well in 2016, I think I was in like the next to last group on Saturday, and Russell was in the group in front of us. And as everyone knows, you're on 16 green, you're over there looking at 17 to see what's going on, see where the pin is. And all of a sudden you start hearing the kind of the crowd kind of moan and groan a little bit, and you see, you see Russell go one ball in the water, then another, then another. I believe he ended up making a nine and took it like a champ, like smiled. And I mean, it was, it, it's, it's tough to watch as a player because you're over there like, oh God, now I got to go hit that shot. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? But it was, uh, it was a very uh, interesting moment for me having to watch that and then going over and hit that shot on 17 on Saturday. It was tough to watch as a sister on I TV back in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And they've got a commercial running on TV right now, and they keep showing his reaction. They have, like, all the good moments, and then they have him. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Tough one. The Island Green, um, Colt, of course, is famous. And uh, this course actually asks you to do a lot at the end of the round. You can ruin your first day. You can miss the cut. You can knock yourself completely out of the tournament on the weekend. You can literally lose the whole thing on Sunday on 17. I mean, is it? I know it's dramatic. I know it's almost unfair. What do you actually think about 17 from a design perspective? I mean, I think if you go through there on Tuesday, you're like, oh, that's no big deal. 145 yards, whatever it is. I mean, PGA Tour players are going to hit that green, you know, 95 times out of 100. No big deal. But Sunday, you put the 20,000 people circled around there and a $15 million purse on the line, it gets you going. And you just don't want to, you don't want to be that guy that makes the massive number, like the Bob Tway or 
Sorry, Russell Knox <laughs> on a Saturday. You just don't want to be that guy. If you hit in the middle of the green, make par, no big deal. Just move on to the next. But I think it's awesome. I mean, if it was if it was 170, 180 yards, maybe like um, and it's the 17th hole coming down the stretch, that would be absolutely brutal. The fact that they make it, you know, 135 to 145, I, I love it. it. It makes for great theater. There's no doubt about that. Okay, right. We're going to get into these picks because, as Elk just said to me, you think you're pretty good at this uh, this betting game, you know. So this will be interesting. So Colts as we said, what was that? Colt's a pro. He's okay. a pro at uh, breaking down golf. That's what he does for a living. So he knows everything that I know, basically. So it's going to be a good matchup. And by the way, there's a lot on the line for you two because if you beat us both this week, then you really are back on top. Uh, Jay, of course, doesn't need much help, but Diane, this is your opportunity, I'm telling you. I'll say I do pride myself on my golf picking, but this is one of the hardest ones of the year. Oh, just because the field is so strong and the golf course, I feel like guys either play great here or they play really terrible here. It's like no one has a consistent track record except for Elkington around TPC Sawgrass. Uh-oh. He might be laying the groundwork for his uh, struggleless <laughs> thing. We got to see. Let's, let's see. And well, the thing about our game as well, which makes it a little bit trickier too, is four ball, but you have to pick one guy from each tier. So it's not like you can just pick four guys in the field. You have to really look through all four tiers. So we'll start with tier A, which is always the exciting one. As you said, you know, this is the best field in golf. So Colt, who are you picking for tier A? Yeah, this is this is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm going with a guy who I just I love his game. I think he's due to win a big event. I mean, he's he's a winner on the PGA Tour, one of the best ball strikers. He's made 23 cuts in a row. Um, I'm looking at Xander Schauffele to do something really special this week. Finished tied for second in 2018, missed the cut in 19, but I mean, this guy I just he loves the big stage, and I think he's going to win a big one here soon. I talked about Shoffle in our field yesterday into our top 10. I think he's, what is he, Diane, number three or four? Hey, we've got a number eight this week. Number eight. I love Shoffle. I love everything what Colt just said. Um, I like, you know, Colt, I talked a lot about the show yesterday, what kind of a player wins this tournament. You know, I like a guy that controls his iron game probably the most is the biggest factor. I mean, a lot of the big hitters got to take a big haircut off the tee this week. They're not going to have, they're, not, they're going to lose 20 or 30% of their uh, you know, advantage off the tee. They're all going to have to play it from the same spot. So Shoffle is a natural pick. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a no-brainer. He has a good rhythm to his swing. I've stayed away this week, Colt. You may find it interesting or not, but I'm st- I'm going with guys that have full, smooth tempos because, as you know, you had it, I had it. So it takes a lot of guts to hit these shots, and you need a repeating tempo. Hold, I'm going to do I'm going to do something that I can't stand to do, which is compliment our celebrity guest picker because <laughs> you have picked the outright winner this week. I just feel so confident in Xander Shoffley's game and the way he's been playing, and everything that you two experts have said. Uh, I'm going to take that to the bank. Vegas has him five to one, so he's right there near the top. Great pick. Way to come out of the gate strong, my man. Right. <laughs> hey, tier A is easy to pick. They're all studs in that tier. <laughs> he um, he had a little trouble at Phoenix, started to hook the ball at the end of the round, hit it in the water, I think, at 17, hooked it on 14. He'll get that straightened out. But, you know, this, this course particularly suits a fade player, but – Morikawa uh, and sorry, Morikawa is a, more of a fade player. That they're almost the same guy. I mean, if you look at their shot tracer, one ball, uh, Shoffley's turned slightly left and Morikawa's turned slightly right, but they're almost the same guy. Yeah, don't you they're think? very, very similar. I would say Xander's probably just a little better of a putter, 
Um, but Colin, I mean, is an elite ball striker. There's no doubt about that. We've seen the change in his putting grip. Um, if he, if the guy just puts average, he's going to be a factor on Sunday. And if he puts, if he puts well, it's game over. Okay then. So a solid, very solid tier A pick. As we move through, we get to tier B. So Colt, who's your guy? Well, we just talked about him. I was shocked he was in tier B. Okay. But Colin Morikawa, he's never played a player since last year's got canceled. But I'm obsessed with this guy's game. His his iron play is as good as anyone I've ever seen. And like we said, with the new clog the saw grip he's using with the putter, if if he just putts average, he is going to be in the mix on Sunday. And this golf course should be perfect for him, in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't pick him. I never picked him at workday at all until he proved to me that he could putt with the saw grip. And he did it. He proved to himself mostly. He didn't have to prove anything to any of us, but he was able to prove at the workday that that he, he can he can putt with the saw grip. That was a big yeah. change for him. He was he was struggling out on the West Coast. He's a he's a California kid, and for him to struggle on the West Coast, I was thinking, hey man, this is this is weird. Him this young messing with his putting, but he's proved it. Morikawa, I stacked every single person behind Morikawa's swing action this week because he has the perfect ball flight. There's only two holes you really have to hit the ball right to left on at the players' course. That's number two and number sixteen. Morikawa plays left to right. He has the perfect action for this course, and he's everything stacked behind him for me. He'll be on my B pick, too, by the way. I'm going to get it right now. The only thing that scared me a little bit is he just doesn't have much experience around there. But, I mean, these guys can figure it out. And like you said, it's just it's his golf swing is as good as it gets. And I, I, haven't, I haven't seen an iron player this good in, in quite a long time. I like this pick, and I like it because I really don't like it all that much, and I'll tell you why. Um this guy, I, first of all, I love watching this guy play. Um, everything's so smooth, and I love these young guys that come out and, and are so, so good. He's coming off a win. You said two things, Colt. One, he's not played here. I'm going to put a lot of weight into that. Um, you know, Elk has laid out for us really clearly, and I know you you would do this as well, that this course demand it, – it's very tricky to the eye and sometimes – uh, guys who haven't played here with a lot of experience might have some trouble, regardless of their ball striking ability. So in turn, what does that mean? They might find themselves in a predicament around the green or off the green or something short. And Morikawa, one of his weaknesses is scrambling. He's 168th on tour and scrambling. So he's going to have that moment where he's going to have to get up and down. Is he going to be able to do it? I'm going to say no, but hopefully for you, he figures it out. Yeah, hopefully you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right so as we move down we're on to tier c your third guy in your four ball team colt yeah so as we've been talking about obviously all the guys i'm going with are great iron players i think elk and i agree that that's what's the important stat around here this guy in my opinion is the most underrated player on the pga tour i believe he's ranked 15th in the world now he doesn't have a great track record around tpc he's got one top 10 but he is playing some of the best golf of anybody in the world right now, and that's Daniel Berger. Yeah. Berger's on our list too. You know, he is he has that particular swing motion like Sergio Garcia has a downstroke action. He probably hits as much spin on the ball as anyone out there. And, you know, TPC course, Colt, as you know, um, it's not about a smasher's course. You can't win the court, you can't win the tournament being a smasher. I mean, when Tiger won his second players championship. He, I think on post-interview, he said he didn't know if he could do it. He didn't know if he could put the actual the game plan together. You know, the difference between a guy like sort of Tiger with a ton of power and even Rory and Dijambeau is Tiger used to turn it on only when he needed it. 
and uh, it's a, this is a good pick. Berger, uh, he's been a little bit inconsistent. He did win, of course, at Pebble Beach. Unreal, magnificent. Florida guy, natural pick, good striker. I'm with you. I mean, my my field is stacked with everyone with iron play, every one of them. Yeah, yeah this is a hard pick to argue against. I mean, the guy, um, he can win this thing. I mean, that's, you know, if you get a guy in TRC that can, you feel comfortable winning, uh, you probably have a pretty good roster. He's miscut, win, finished 35th. There's nothing to argue about Daniel Berger. The guy, um, he fits right into the mold you guys are laying out. He's going to perform this week without question. This seems like this seems like it'll be an on week for him yeah. after being sort of an also ran the last outing. One thing I love about Daniel Berger is, um, and we saw it at Pebble, that he's got this confidence that's almost arrogance. But what that means is that he just fights. Like, he wants it so bad. And you could see that when he hold the putt on 18 at, at Pebble. So, and I like that in him. I always have. He he loves the moment, in my opinion. Like, I mean, he, he wants the ball at the end of the game. Um, he, he loves the big stage. And he does have some cockiness to him, which yeah. I think is great. And if you look at Pebble Beach, where he won, very small greens. TPC Sawgrass, very small greens. Um, I, I like this pick a lot around here. So we're on to the fourth. If you five. like arrogance. In, <laughs> Say that if again. You, if you like arrogance, you could have been out there with my era when we had Lanny Watkins and Hale Owen and Lee Trevino and uh, guys, that, you know, Hal Sutton. Oh, all these guys, right? Nick Price, Greg Norman. I mean, Tom Watson. How about some of that action? I love that. On, I love it. I wish, I wish we had that. Some more trash talking during tournaments. I love yeah. that stuff. Yeah. The fourth tier. I know that you were a little bit back and forth with this one, but I am interested to hear who you have settled on for tier D. Yeah, I'm probably going to kick myself for this because normally when you change your mind, it backfires on you. But I, I love Harris English so much. I love his golf game. I just love how he plays the game. His golf swing is beautiful. The rhythm like we talked about. But I just pulled up this morning. I looked at his, his track record at TPC Sawgrass, and it is awful. He's missed like six cuts in a row there. I'm like, oh, dear God. And he hadn't been playing well the last month. So I decided to change, and I'm going with a flyer here. Okay. A guy who's really turned his game around. He's been really struggling for the past two years, but he's really starting to play a lot better golf this season. And he's a veteran. He knows the place very, very well. And this is going to shock you, I think, a little bit, but I'm going with Zach Johnson, another great iron player. Oh, okay. You know, a little bit of a you know shorter hitter, obviously, but he's got 28th in greens and regulation this year on the PGA Tour. He's had a couple seconds around TPC. This is a shot in the dark. This could this could be the difference in winning and losing, but I'm going to go with it. Even Superman has a weakness. <laughs> Zach Johnson. You know, he hasn't, you know, he's, you know, I love Zach Johnson. You know I do. He's a great guy, great friend of mine. Um, you know, the key to this game, of course, is to get four guys to make the cut. I think you've, you've established this pick as a guy that I think knowing you as well as I do, you've like, he's probably going to make the cut for me. He yeah. may not win the event, but he's going to hold my position in tier four. Zach Johnson's a straight hitter. He knows the golf course really well. He doesn't, as you said, he's he's had some success at TPC. There's a ton of ways to win at the Players Championship, Colt, but there's only one real way, and that is you got to be superior with your iron play. Zach's got it. He's got it in him. He's getting a little long in the tooth. So, Jay, I feel there's a bit of a weakness here. He's wobbly at the end of the day here. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> I absolutely, with all of my heart, love this pick because you have opened the door for the three of us to take advantage of the celebrity picker. 
But let me just say this. I totally respect you going off the radar. This is a dark horse among dark horses. He's 225 to one, but there's a good reason for that. We have him ranked 90th in our field. But yes, Cole, you even said it building up to this pick. You're going against your first gut instinct, Harris English. So I'm going to jot down Harris English versus Zach Johnson, and I'm going to track that all weekend long and just see where your roster falls apart. I feel like Elk, there's an opening. We got to take advantage of it. Just wait till Sunday when we see Zach Johnson there about T8. I'm right. like an absolute genius. All right. I look forward there, to it. There's no doubt. We have a live scoreboard that you'll be able to check in on at any time you want. Um, Colt has stacked his team with the top players in each tier. He's he's kind of overlooked that guy that might jump up, that guy in A and B and C that is sitting down below. So this is going to be interesting. He's given me a lot to think about. Well, I've got a question because I'm a little bit shocked that you didn't pick your buddy after his recent form. Why isn't Jordan Spieth part of your four ball? You know, Jordan is playing some awesome golf and I'm so happy for him. You know, he's got three top fours in his last four events. It's just, his, he doesn't have a great track record around here either. And off the tee still concerns me just a little bit for him. It's better, but it's still not where it needs to be. You can't be playing out of the rough all day around TPC. You'll just get punished. Um, just not a great setup for him, I don't think. Okay. It's a chess match. And um, Jordan made it into our top 10 this week because he's sort of developed this little uh, fade shot off the tee, which will be helpful if he can pull it off. But... You know, we talked a lot on the show about Pete Dye. I spent a lot of time with Pete when I built the course in New Orleans. This is a real chess match, this course. You've got to know, you've already alluded to what I talked to you about at the top of the show, how to play this golf course and what Pete tries to do. He tries to knock you off balance right off the tee. Every hole, he tries to make you freak out, like on 18. He he wants you to play away from the water down the left, but we know down the left is the place you got to go. And if you can pull it off, then it's going to open up, unlock the whole golf course. I think I think number one is the most beautiful one that me and you have talked about over the years. Number one, just kind of a simple looking hole out there, but it actually makes you really, really think because you see the water down the right, which for these guys isn't really in play, no. but you see so many guys pull it left off the tee and they're just dead. They have no angle. If no you angle. blow it in the right rough, you can run it up on the green still. So you got to really think your way around TPC. There's no doubt. There's a plan. There's a plan. What's, a, what's another hole that you love to watch, Colt? I think number four is fascinating, the little short part four, because it's another one. You see the bunkers and you see the water down the right. So everybody goes over there and they blows in the left rough and then you just can't hit that green from the left rough. You're dead. If you hit it the fairway bunker, you're fine. I mean, especially with the skill level these guys have, they can still hit a wedge or nine iron onto the green from the fairway bunker. But I just, I love the whole golf course. It makes you challenge the trouble, which is one thing I got abused on during the coverage at Pebble Beach because I got so mad when guys on number six, the par five, were blowing it left of the bunker up on the hill. I'm like, this is just, I, I hate this. Like, you're not even having to hit a golf shot. You should have to challenge the golf shot. And at TPC Sawgrass, you have to challenge. You have a challenge on every hole, and you have to attack it, or you're probably going to be going home Friday afternoon. Yeah, uh, yeah you're right. Um, that's enough. You've unlocked a couple of uh, mysteries of that course already <laughs> that I've told Um Bryson DeJambeau called to wrap up this show. You know, let's talk about him for just a second. He, you know, we've talked about him uh, because he went to SMU where you did. Um, you know him very well. We told everybody on this show that he never plays any good until about the third week he comes out of the garage because it, it takes him a while to connect back to the golf course. 
What do you expect to see here? Will he try to cut some corners and will he be able to compete this week? Because there's no room, right? It's the, it's the absolute bottleneck course of all bottlenecks. Yeah, I mean, this one really handcuffs him a lot. There's, I mean, just trying to think through the holes, like how many holes is he even going to hit driver? I mean, like number five is one of the longest par fours, but I think he runs out of room and can go in the water through the fairway. Um, so this really, really handcuffs him a lot. But here's the deal. Even if he does lay back to where all the other players are, he's a club or two longer than all of them. So hitting an eight iron versus six iron is still an advantage. But this this is a place that I feel like gets Bryson's head spinning and he's not. this is going to be a struggle for him. <laughs> <laughs> too much math for him. Yes, a lot, lot, lot going on around TPC. Cole, you talked there about um, being part of the TV coverage team for the AT&T at Pebble Beach. So you're working with Golf Channel and CBS. I think we need to start a petition to get you on every single week because it was so good. It just it added so much more than we usually get. Well, thank you so much. It's a blast. And you'll be seeing a lot of me. I start back. Um, I'm going to be doing some stuff at Augusta National for like the, the digital channels. But then I think I work like 15 of the last 20 wow. on the PGA Tour schedule. So okay. I will be out there a lot, uh, poking some fun at Sir Nick Faldo whenever that I can. It. I was going to say, that is my favorite bit because the two of you <laughs> just go at each other with these you know, little things. <laughs> you're kind of a short hitter, Colt. If you put his shoes on, maybe you'll get up to be medium. Off the tee. That's true. Nine yards just by switching your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. And um, right, Colt, talk about your podcast as well, because I know you're gonna have Elcon as a guest this week. So where yeah. can we find it? Yep, we have so we have uh, we have two things going right now. We have the golf subpar podcast, which you can find iTunes, uh, Spotify, YouTube if you want to watch it. Elk's been a guest on that. That releases every Tuesday. And then we have uh, our Sirius XM show, Gravy in the Sleeves, that Elk's gonna come on later today and give us some, some thoughts on TPC. And that's every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, noon to two Eastern, uh, XM 92, Sirius 208 with me and my boy, Drew Stoltz. It's, it's a blast. We like to, like to mix it up and uh, just entertain some guys. So this, this retired life call, you're busier than ever. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's what I, talk, I'm, I, I went from the least working guy amongst all my friends now to the hardest working guy, but I'm, it's, uh, it's fun. There's yeah. no doubt about that. And, um, a little bit of uh, full disclosure here that um, we've been working with Colt and Drew on a new logo for their subpark uh, cast that uh, we drew up for them. So we we may have to see that on our show at some point, or you, you'll, we'll see it anyway. When it is ready for everything, I would I would love to. It is awesome. We are so excited about it. Y'all do an incredible job. I mean, y'all y'all drawn our cartoon for our gravy and the sleeves, yeah. um, and now and now this little special bird we have. It's logo. Gonna be a lot of fun. New logo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Right, Colt, thank you so much. Um, it's been amazing having you on, getting your, well, picking your brains on a course that you love so much, a tournament week that means so much to you, and getting those all-important four ball picks. Awesome. Thank you all so much for having me. going to be a lot of fun. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app and play four ball. It's a classic stroke play competition based on the aggregate scores of four players. Who makes your team? Well, pick four guys, one from each tier based on the current World Golf Rankings. Want a tip? You need four guys to make the cut. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app, available on iOS in the App Store. 
Well, the time has come for those dark horse picks. For a very long time, it was the highlight of our show <laughs> for Jay and I, and then we started to suck. <laughs> so, so now it kind of fills me with dread a little bit. And uh, Jay, I'll tell you my strategy for this week, because normally I have my dark horse pick picked like at the very beginning of the week. When we first jump on the call on Monday, I look through the list and I'm like, that's who I'm going with. And I feel like my gut tells me who to pick. This week, I literally picked it one minute before we recorded this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that my new strategy that requires little thought is maybe going to fare better. Sometimes, Diane, we have to really reach deep down and analyze the charts and the numbers and the colors and the way the wind's blowing. And sometimes we just roll over and as soon as our eye opens, we just point to the first guy. And it sounds like that's what you did. Okay. Well, anyway, Players' Championship Week and, well, you used to work for the PGA Tour. So this is a tournament that you know inside out. Of course, you know extremely well. What mm -hmm. are you most looking forward to seeing this week? Yeah, this is my home track, Diane. That's how I look at it. Of course, what I'm looking forward to most is which dark horse, which name is going to hover at the top because every year that's what this tournament is because it's such a different animal. It's target golf. And in this day and age of distance, it really doesn't command that here. Uh, Elk has told us time and again how Pete Dye's design is to trick the eye. And it's going to be the player that can really battle some of that internal dialogue and stick to a game plan and win. And a lot of times it's a guy that comes from way off the radar. So I feel like if you and I are going to get right with our dark horse picks, this is definitely the tournament to do that. I said this earlier in the show, you look at last year or two years ago when we got to play all four rounds, Eddie Pepperell really climbing up and finishing, uh, was it runner-up or, I mean, top five anyway, Johnny Vegas as well. These guys who just had like extremely low rounds on Sunday and it really could jump them up because Sunday is always the tough day on the PGA Tour. It's especially tough at TBC Sawgrass on a Sunday with those pin positions and the fact that we know that the, over the four days the weather is going to be the worst on Sunday which is actually really not that bad but that wind is swirling and it has a huge impact on final day scores I always go back to I think it was 2002 Craig Perks do you remember that name yes of course you don't nobody does <laughs> he ended up being in the broadcast booth like two or three years later he comes out of nowhere chips in on 18 and wins. Um, they've had some great champions at this event, Tiger Woods, to, to name a, to name a one in particular. <laughs> but it's just a course where you're going to see guys you're not accustomed to seeing. It happens every single year. And uh, sorry, Eddie Pepperell didn't finish runner-up to Rory. It was Jim Furyk. And that just shows, and I'm going to talk about Furyk in a minute. He's not my pick, but... He comes into my reasoning behind my pick. Anyway, right, here we go. And experience does count for a lot around TBC Sawgrass. I firmly believe that. So we'll get into our dark horse picks. I'm going to start with mine. <laughs> and um, normally I give a big tease. I'm not doing that this week. I'm just going to tell you it's Emiliano Grillo. Now, the reason is, well, first of all, when we put those uh, stats into our system, he made big jumps up our re-ranking. 
moving up 77 places to number 28. So to me, that was a big jump. So then I thought, right, I need to kind of dive into this a little bit more. His ball striking is incredible. He's 10th in ball striking, which is total driving and greens and regulation. Greens and regulation really stuck with me because I saw Grillo at Bay Hill and he ended up finishing in the end, uh, I think twice, oh no. Yeah, 21st. I knew it was somewhere around there. But when you look at the total greens and regulation stats, just specifically for the PGA Tour through the Arnold Palmer Invitational, Grillo is sixth on the tour. Um, Jim Furyk, incidentally, is number three still. So when you look at the Furyk model of, um, you know, Grillo does have distance off the tee, but it's that accuracy. It's the iron play. It's putting it close and managing to convert. He just needs to, he's been in contention a lot lately and he just needs to keep that going for four days. But I think at 150 to one, Emiliano Grillo is a good dark horse pick for this week. I like that pick and I like that you just labeled the Furic model as something real. Well, and here's my other reason why, because he's number three, I said. Number two is Stuart Sink. So Mm -hmm. you see these guys who don't have, I mean, Stuart Sink is 50 something years old. Mm -hmm. So he's not keeping up with Bryson and Rory and DJ, but the accuracy, there's such a place for accuracy in this game, especially at this course. Colin Morikawa is fourth. The number one is Matthew Neesmith, but um, I've picked him so many times. (laughs) I'm done with Neesmith right now, but that's why. And Cameron Percy, who you have been big on for a while, he comes in at number five for greens and regs. So I just mm-hmm. think like looking at that and how Furyk played a couple of years ago, it, just with that model and the form of Grillo, I think he's got good value this week. I like that pick. I really do. And and I think those are tremendous odds for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a, he's a solid player. Um, speaking of solid players, mm-hmm. that's called a segue in our business, Diane. I don't know if you know that. Um, my my first pick is a guy that's actually ranked fairly high in the SG Tour rank this week. He comes in at 15. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of on the fence. Is that really a dark horse? Well, Vegas always answers that question. The answer is yes. He comes in at 125 to 1. Why do I like this guy? A lot of the same reasons you just labeled for Grillo. Uh, his ball striking is 24th uh, when you combine that with green and regulation. If he does miss the green, he's 47 and scrambling. And around TPC Sawgrass, there are tendencies to miss a green and roll down into a swale, and you've got to have um, a supple touch to be able to get into scoring position or recovery position. But here's what I really like about him. His par five performance, he's third on tour. And, of course, you're hovering above over your shoulder on number 11, which is one of my favorite holes in all of golf. It's an exciting hole. And then, of course, you've got number 16 on the backside. That's a great hole. You've got number nine that's a par five on the front side, which is a real challenge with that sort of long, uh, narrow green. But all scorable. So that's a good sign for my guy. And he's 14th in putting average. And... His last three, he's finished 15th, missed cut, and fourth. Have you said his name yet? (laughs) I haven't said his name because it all adds up for me to reveal the marvelous, the fantastic, the super-duper Big Daddy Dark Horse of the Week, Carlos Ortiz. 
At 125 to one, you're right. Because when you sent me that pick, I was like, oh, bail out. <laughs> but right. you're right. At 125 to one, that's so good. And we even, when we were looking at all of our numbers, Ortiz was very close to creeping into our top 10 for this week. So He's a I good player, right? Great player. And yeah. I, um, um, I always think of Ortiz and Neiman, Joaquin Neiman, who is number 10, as being slightly similar with right. their... Ball striking and iron play. So, as I said, Neiman's in our top 10. So, Carlos Ortiz is your first guy. I feel like, um, well, I know this, but with your second guy, you're going for experience. <laughs> you got it. Um, this is a guy that's been out here forever. And he's one of those characters on tour. Um, he came out looking very shagalicious and very surfer like. Um, but in this case, uh, he's cleaned himself up. And as he's cleaned himself up, he started to play better. He knows this track inside and out. Um, his numbers are pretty steady. Uh, the one thing I really like about him, we have him ranked 21st in form coming in. He's finished 10th, uh, 52nd, and 7th in his last three. And uh, in our top category this week of ball striking and green and regulation, he comes in at 54. Across the board, he's a light green on our chart. It's the one and the only Charlie Hoffman. Excellent. And, um, you know, a little bit older, a lot of experience, as you say, I've played, has played this course a lot. So he knows what to do, and that speaks volumes. Um, you know, you're not saying that some of these other guys don't know what to do, but, I mean, it can be tempting when you have so much distance off the tee to go for it but it doesn't allow it on this course so someone like Hoffman he knows that precision is going to be key precision and placement on the green I mean yeah. uh, Elk has told us and he he said it in a wonderful way he was like these greens really aren't that difficult if I can putt on it and win here twice that's that was what he said uh, he so I'm going to go with his logic all right and I'm going to tell you that getting to the green and to the right spot on the green is ideal and the more experience you have here at TPC Sawgrass, I think the more success you can have. Yeah. Charlie Hoffman just fits that veteran player who's going to come here every year. And he's in good form. That's what I like about him. I just keep noticing on the weekends, he keeps climbing up and up and staying in contention. Mm. And that's a good sign for a guy with his experience. Okay, then. So our dark horse picks for the Players' Championship, Emiliano Grillo, Carlos Ortiz and Charlie Hoffman. Right, Jay, thank you. Normally, I mean, normally you and I are out on the course every day and we're interviewing the guys and it's a, it is a little bit different this year. However, having fans at the Players' Championship, especially on 17, is a, I think it's going to be a bit of a goosebump moment considering what golf and the world has been through over the past year. So um, I'm looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a year ago that you and I, almost to the day we were out there and we kept thinking like, are they going to cancel this thing? And we were like, there's no way they're going to cancel it. And then the next day it was off. Well, when we, we didn't think they would cancel it when they went ahead with the chain smokers concept. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> We're right. like, that's oh, right. okay, don't know if this no. is the best move. However. 
Okay, Jay, thank you so much for those picks. Hopefully this is our week and something turns around for us. We have another Florida event next week for the Honda Classic down in Palm Beach Gardens. So that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, Players' Championship is always an absolute highlight of the golf calendar year. We're excited to see who's going to be victorious come Sunday. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.